Hello, my name is Matt Frewer, and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk. Come on, join along, jump on the bandwagon. Everybody else has. Oh, God, another hayride. This is Batman. This is Kevin J. Anderson. Hi, this is John Delancey, and you are very lucky to be listening to Sci-Fi Talk. This is Terry Goodkind, number one New York Times bestselling author of the Sword of Truth series. This is Joseph Malati, former executive producer and writer on Stargate. SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe, presently writer on Dark Matter. Hello, this is David Franklin, Lieutenant, sorry, Captain Bracker from Farscape. I'm Robert J. Sawyer, the Hugo Award-winning author of Flash Forward and WWW's Wake. Hi, this is Jamie Bamber. Hey, this is Katie Sackoff. Hi, I'm Tom O'Panikin. I play Hilo on the hit television series Battlestar Galactica, and uh, you're listening to... Sci-Fi Talk. For the third year in a row, I was on the red carpet at the Tribeca Film Festival. On this podcast, we'll look at two new films, a post-apocalyptic survival story, and a new look at the devil himself called Lucifer. The first film is called The Survivalist. In this post-apocalyptic drama, first-time filmmaker Stephen Fingleton's main character, merely known as a survivalist, struggles for his existence on a makeshift farm. He lives in isolation and guards his crops very closely, fearing marauding gangs. When Karen and her daughter Miha wander into his life looking for food and shelter, his carefully ordered world is upset. As the three of them start their restless coexistence, suspicion and dependence intertwine with allegiances, shifting day to day. Self-preservation takes on a whole new meaning as each new mouth to feed stretches the capacity of the farm and the masqueraders are never too far away. Fingleton deftly navigates the conventions of the genre by keeping the focus on the farm and its surrounding areas, and in doing so, relies on the emotions over special effects. The pared-down aesthetic and simplicity of the setting provides an authentic backdrop to this taunt drama. By presenting more questions than answers, the survivalist is a gripping exploration of our primal instinct, survival at any cost. From the red carpet, here is Mia Goth, who is Mia. Talk about this movie. I mean, everything is very popular with the post-apocalyptic, with The Walking Dead and series like that, even Revolution last year on television. What what drew you to this project? And, and talk about the world that you kind of inhabit a little bit in this film. Well, I think that one of the first things that drew me to this movie was how fearless Melia, the character that I play, is. You know, I think faced with some of some of the most difficult situations possible she shows such resilience and bravery and i don't think you often find young girls portrayed like that in film you know and so as a result of that i jumped at the opportunity to be involved and explore that aspect of a girl within me and the world that your character lives in it's obviously a very rough one um Kind of describe it a little bit, and even compared to the one we're in right now. Well, I don't know. You know, I think in a lot of ways it isn't very different. You know, except the fact that you know we have a bit more food in our fridges, and but you know we are in a difficult time, and so I think in many ways the film's very relevant. You know, in in the sense that, well, I, I think like one of the first things that drew me to the film as well was how like sexually democratic the whole film was. Do you know what I mean? There aren't any sort of hierarchies. Males and females are on an equal playing field. And I think similarly, 
the world that we're in today, we're starting to see more parallels with the world in survivalists. What, what is, do you think is the fascination with the post-apocalypse? That it's very real. That we all know something's around the corner. <laughs> I think that's why we're all very enticed by it. Because, you know, I think that's why we're all drawn to, like, great themes and great stories. Because it's real. Well, thanks so much and good luck with the movie. Thank you. And let's meet the survivalist himself in Martin McCann. So how do you get into the head of somebody living in this world? How do you kind of prepare yourself to play this kind of character? Uh, just read, read the script, <laughs> use your imagination, show up on time, prepare, believe in it, trust in the people you're working with, and appreciate the fact that you're there. Now, do you try to stay away from looking at anything else that's post-apocalyptic, like The Walking Dead and series like that? I don't really watch much uh, episodical TV. Um, I'm more of a film, film guy, because uh, about an hour and a half or two hours is the length of my sort of uh, attention span for anything. And I'm a, I'm a bad planner when it comes to, you know, scheduling or, you know, something is on at such and such at six o'clock on a Saturday or blah 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 so I'm more of a film guy but uh, yeah so so no it wasn't really a, I'll watch this or I'll watch that you know if I wanted to really study it I would look I would have looked at the Irish famine back in uh, 1845 to 47 that probably would have better would have been a better uh, indication of what really went on and physically what was this role like for you uh, I lost some weight, maybe, I don't know, two stone or something, but I'm not really a big guy, so that's a hard amount of weight to loss, but um, uh, yeah, I just ate, ate less and got smaller. And why do you think we're so kind of drawn to these post-apocalyptic stories? Well, the truth hurts. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because even though it's science fiction, it's there's a, there's a weird dichotomy and something that is science fiction, science fiction, but there's an inevitability to this science fiction. What's interesting, too, is from what I've heard, the men and women kind of rule. It's a little more equal than actually our own world right now. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it comes back to the very primal um, instincts that happen in human beings. I think women are um, much better at, uh, I mean, this is... What I, my personal opinion, I think they're much better at the social circum circumstance, social situation, and kind of uh, forward thinking. And they're uh, much more frugal than, than men. Men are much more spontaneous in the moment. And that's all right if there's enough resources to build a future. But in this, in this circumstance, there aren't. And so maybe those faculties that were at one time an advantage maybe aren't so much now. And lastly, what's it like to be here at Tribeca? Fantastic. I love it. I, Love it. It's a brilliant experience. I uh, I was here a few years ago with a Terry George film, and it was one of the best uh, few days of my life. So, hopefully, it'll be a, a repeat. You know. Well, great, great to meet you. Good luck with the movie. Thanks. Just a really cool announcement today. Today, on May fourth, as this podcast airs, is the uh, official opening of the Geek Initiative. You'll want to go to SciFiTalk.com for more details. The Geek Initiative is going to be two things to start off. First, a premium uh, access site that has all kinds of transcripts, podcasts, and videos available there by only Geek Initiative member sites, kind of all put together in one place for you to access. 
Additionally, there's also a podcast feed called The Geek Initiative. That's also a channel that has all the different podcasts from all the members of The Geek Initiative. Look for more details. The official press announcement will be coming out quite shortly. We're all pretty excited. So join me in Geek Legacy and the fullbleed.net and uh, giving birth to this new venture called The Geek Initiative. Our next film has an angel falling from heaven to hell who unexpectedly lands in a Mexican village where his presence affects the villagers in many surprising ways. Lucifer is a mesmerizing movie and unique experiment in form presented in the director's original format, Tondoscope. Maverick director Gust Vandenbergi presents the final installment of his religious-themed trilogy, the first being Little Baby Jesus of Flander and Bluebird. Lucifer is based by the work of Dutch writer Joost van Vondebal. In Berge's rendition of the classic, which is said to be the inspiration for John Milton's Paradise Lost, Lucifer is not the devil yet. You can almost say it's a Batman Begins for Lucifer. He is the first to possess knowledge of good and evil as he imparts his wisdom on the villagers. He too imparts consciousness and free will, and as a result, the most damning of all sin. The Flemish director extended his interpretation of religious ideology through his cinematography, shooting, and through a lens crafted for the film that allows to be projected in a circular format. Lucifer not only invites us into a captivating cinematic experience, but also delivers a moving vignette of the human condition. And on the red carpet, here's my conversation with the film's director, Gus Van de Berge. What's interesting about this film is, uh, is the fact that it's kind of like the beginnings of Lucifer. He's not quite the character that we know uh, in fiction and religion, but, uh, but this is actually based on a, a story. And then you adapted this, and it's also part of your trilogy as well. Uh, was this the natural one to do to follow up the other ones? And was that all part of the plan? First of all, I mean, um, Lucifer is, in general, evil is, is very good in always adapting. Or we are good in making evil adapt. And so through, through time, you can see how the character of the devil is way more fascinating in any type of, of religion because it's the one that was the most... Um, creative in changing forms and also in that sense uh, I didn't want to use a bad devil right. I think that was a, would have been a big mistake and so about the, the triptych because it's not a trilogy it's a triptych because tr trilogy would be one storyline oh, right. um, yeah it's, it's just um, well the, the three films tell the three times the same thing in a different way and so this is I said the end of this film, I think, is well where the curtain uh, opens up, and I, I hope that, that that by that end we look at the world differently. And, and it's really his beginnings. He's not quite. He's more the fallen angel yeah. than the devil at this point. Falling angel, yes, he's falling in that sense. And also that is a very human uh, ca characteristic, uh, falling gravity. Uh, the fact that 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 there's, uh, yeah, I think a human dimension to him before it. We were human. In that sense, that's what evil did to us when we fall out of paradise. We were colored. We got all of a sudden, we got depth. We got uh, pain and misery that came with love and wisdom and knowledge. The moment you, you lose something, that's the beginning of art because you want to recreate it. And from that, that missing feeling, I think, uh, comes all art. And so it's a very fundamental story in that sense. 
and it takes place in Mexico, which is an interesting choice. And he kind of finds himself in, in a paradise there, literally. And then I guess you could say he kind of learns what he can and can't do. Uh -huh. It's almost like he's learning what his powers are for the first time. Yeah, um, I found a village that was uh, like a false paradise, that, that was very close to each other and it, it in real life I mean uh, and it was just nice to work with it also a lot of symbols uh, uh, were offered by the place I was working so yes it makes sense but it's also for me nice to be abroad and to, to become the foreigner to become <laughs> the one that is seeing this place for the first time to be the stranger to be the the devil else you this type of devil yeah because in film a film crew has that 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 same invasive like, yeah, absolutely. And, and talk about your Lucifer, Mr. Rodriguez. Um, well, he's here. He's right well. here. <laughs> talk well. Yes, he's right there. Ah, I, have to, I have to talk about him. Uh, <laughs> no, um, what can I say? We, we both talked about the part, uh, about, I'm sure he will maybe add to that, but that Lucifer would have been the first actor. And in that sense, uh, Gabino is in a way the first actor I work with in the three films. Three films really are very um, analog films start, that start from, from the basement, bottom up. While an actor when he works he comes from up from a different place and he steps into a story. And in that sense it was nice to literally use that power that, that an actor brings into this village, into this thing. And, and yeah, so in that sense uh, he totally understood uh, the role and it's also quite strong what he did playing with natural actors which is not easy. And lastly what you did was interesting you actually developed a different process for the film itself. Uh, was that you felt necessary to tell the story the way you wanted to tell it? Well necessary if I, you know I work from the belly I, I hope every good filmmaker does that and explanations in the best case come sort of also afterwards you believe that this is the the way to translate an idea into film language and it's sometimes it especially with with these topics people start to explain a lot and i don't want to make an explanation or a moral point of view i'd like to to translate a almost renaissance idea of 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 what changing from one time into another from one world into another is and we use it in a very accessible simple way using old roots instead of uh, going to a literal almost pastiche of what good and evil might be in modern cinema. Well, great. Great to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you. and best of luck with no, the movie. Playing the pivotal role of Lucifer, I spoke to Gabino Rodriguez. You, you got cast and before you even talked to the director about the project, I mean, you're playing Lucifer. I mean, what kind of went through your mind about, you know, how, to, how you're going to approach him or anything like that? Yeah, that's, I think, the first question I have because Lucifer is a character that had too much meaning for too many centuries, too many references and for every people in the world, for, for, for at least in the Occidental world, we have an image, a sort of relation with this character. So for me, the idea was to, and with a good goose, to make a, almost an empty frame for the character and try to make a mirror where people can see the reflection of what they want to put into this character. It's difficult to, to try to find an angle to, to put some light in a character. 
in that complex and that meaningful. I don't know. So we 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 decide to make this empty or as empty as we can frame. To be and he's not. I mean, he's still kind of like developing who he is. He's still more the fallen angel absolutely. than the fallout, the fallout uh, guy that we know and absolutely, hate, love, or yeah, whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. But even uh, from the Milton book to those days, it's plenty of, of, of how the fallen angel means, how the fallen angel be represents. I, there's one, uh, I don't know how to say, grabado of Doré, the painter. Yes. Uh, so... And I really like this, the, the, this, this paint. Uh, so for me, it was very important during the process to always return to the to this image and try to to construct something around this. What was it like to shoot in Mexico? What it was it like? Yes. Well, I all my life worked there, so it's difficult for me to say it. Uh, but but this specific movie was shot in a, in a place called Angawan that it's in a little town in Michoacan, that it's a very particular place, a very conflictive place right now. So, so for me it was also to discover some, some part of Mexico because it's a place that the main language uh, is Purepecha, that it's a language absolutely distant for me. And for me it was realized, the process realized me what makes me realize that 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 we are a very centralized country and we have like one way to see reality and for me also movies it's are about this to how how reality can can be watched in many in many ways and how a thought about reality in some way it's build a real alternative reality yeah absolutely and the thing is, he's really just kind of learning his abilities, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a whole, yeah, it's a process of, of absolutely, of learning who is he, you know. And for me, that was a, a, a point that in the script was very nice because not some, someone making use of some things. It's someone learn who is he in this strange land. So... And uh, what's it like for you guys to bring the film here to Tribeca? How does that feel? Well, the the film already been real, real screening in other in other in festivals, in other festivals yeah. so it's not a, a premiere, so it's kind of different. But well, Tribeca for me it's very touching because because I'm as an actor for me, Robert De Niro was quite important in so many <laughs> ways, you know. And, sure. and and also this festival has a lot of of meaning in, in, in Mexico and the whole world. In New York, it's a city that I love, so for me, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, he also played the devil, too. Yeah, he played the devil <laughs> once, yeah, absolutely. He so plays everything. He does, he does. So, I mean, you also work, you do a lot of, uh, you know, uh, films in Spanish as well. Uh, and what's it like to, uh, is that something you want to concentrate on? Do you like being able to be, to do English films as well? Uh, not really, not now, because for me, uh, the acting gets really related to the, to the language, to the how you, and my English, as you can see, it's very uh, poor, you know, it's, it's, it's quite... Well, you're doing fine, well, really. I, I'm trying, but, <laughs> but it, yeah, but, uh, but acting is something that is really related to to the origins and to the language and how to build in this subtle sutiles, like very 
nuances, you mean? Yeah, no, like very invisible things with, with right. language right. that I'm not able to do in English. So, so I, I, my, my, my patria, my, my land is, is the, the, the Spanish. So I think I'm going to still acting in Spanish. Well, just in closing, my daughter just got married, and that's where they're honeymooning in Costa Rica. So. Oh, my mother's from Costa Rica. <laughs> Great to meet you, and Great to meet uh, you good time. luck with the movie. I think it's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. And that is two of the interesting genre films uh, showcased at the Tribeca Film Festival here in 2015. This is Tony Tolado for Sci-Fi Talk. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Greg Grunberg, the mind-reading cop on Heroes. Yes. I know what you're thinking. I, too, listen to Sci-Fi Talk. And you and I are doing that right now. I can only control you to a certain extent. Continue listening. You're going to love it. Sci-Fi Talk with me, Greg Grunberg from Heroes.